Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of the Blockchain and Brews podcast presented by the Fupil Blockchain Club inspired by coffee and crypto. The goal of this podcast is to quickly break down some key concepts in the cryptocurrency world to grow adoption via education and inclusion. This podcast is meant to serve as an onboarding into the world of crypto, a quick listen on your way to work or to or from, etc. And without further ado, let's learn about today's topic. Today's topic will be stablecoins, and I'm so lucky to have my longtime friend Michael, who works at Gemini, here to join us to explain a little bit about the core concepts behind stablecoins. How are you doing, Mike? Good to see you, man. Thank you so much for joining us today. Happy to be here. I'm doing well. All right, let's get right to it. What are stablecoins? Um, so stablecoins are trying to achieve the same thing, which is borrow the credibility of an established currency um, and maintain a price peg to it uh, so that people can use a, an existing currency on like blockchain rails. Perfect. What exactly does it mean for a coin to be pegged to a fiat or a dollar? What does pegging mean? Yeah, so that's the that's the part that separates all the different ones. Um, like Luna versus USDC. Well, you know, so Luna is obviously not a stable coin anymore, but USDC, um, right. USD, it is the mechanism by which they try to achieve this peg um, that separates them. And, and the peg is just uh, like a, a price parity, as in, you know, one unit of this token um, is worth one American dollar. Uh, and and the peg is an attempt to kind of like um, create that precise kind of exchange uh, mechanism. Right, that that matching. We we can imagine like a, a metaphysical or even a magical chain. This digital token is connected to this physical dollar, and we're gonna have a storage mechanism for this physical dollar, and it's gonna be permanently connected to this individual fungible digital token well that's that's a way to peg um so like gusd for example the gemini dollar is pegged that way they have a trust set up where uh if you buy one gusd they take your dollar they put it in the trust uh and they say like hey you know we issued this one digital dollar on the digital chain um, and you can use it freely on the digital network, uh, but we're holding it, you know, in a in a real trust at a bank. Uh, and so, if someone comes to us with this digital token of GUSD, we can take the dollar out of our bank and give it to you. But that's just one way to do it. Uh, other stable coins do not use that mechanism. USDC, USDC, for example, uh, they don't necessarily hold. I don't know the exact details, of course. Uh, but I know that they don't necessarily hold one dollar. Uh, they might hold a treasury, a U.S. treasury that is supposed to be, you know, the most stable, uh, reliable um, asset um, okay. in the world. Because you know, they, they say the U.S. government won't right. fall. So a, a U.S. treasury is, in theory, supposed to always have value. Um, so if you give USDC a dollar, 
they may buy a U.S. Treasury with that dollar. Um, treasuries are highly liquid, so if you ever want your dollar back by giving them a USDC, um, they can sell that treasury because it's super liquid. Um, they can get an exchange right. immediately and give you your dollar. Um, and then as a bonus, because they're facilitating all of this you know, digital token and managing the logistics of this, they keep whatever the interest is on that treasury they're holding. So that's how they make money as an organization. So it's not always pure dollars. You might have other things like stocks or coins or bonds. Yes. It, oh, um, okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Interesting. Just a quick update and interjection. After the podcast, we did some research and found out that USDC, with every $1 you give them, they will put $0.20 cents into cash and $0.80 cents into the treasury bonds Michael was talking about. Um, in terms of USDT or, or rest in peace, like Luna, if you could tell us like maybe what's going on with USDT or what made Luna different that really caused the collapse that we're, we're, we're all aware of. Take your pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the difference is um, USDC is a okay. centralized organization. They uh, have a record of how many coins they have issued. Yep. Uh, on it's it's a record on the blockchain. Yep. Uh, but the money that they're taking uh, to issue them goes into a centralized entity, and it's managed. You know, question mark. However, they manage it. Gotcha. Um, so they're taking that Behind money and doing door. things. Uh, yeah, protected by uh, the fact that they're a company, mm. um, and so the the info isn't publicly available. Mm, whereas like with, yeah, yeah, that's and that's how things get. That's like the U.S. That's the tether thing, you know, right. where people don't know uh, how they're managing the money. Um, yeah, I I think I I just want to touch on one thing um, related to Luna and uh, UST because. Uh, because Luna posted their wallets, um, and because things were a lot more transparent, when Luna said that they're gonna back their UST coins using Bitcoin, and when they shared all of the public information about uh, their liquidation levels and things like that, that's like um, you know blood in the water, right. and. Uh, larger entities with access to a lot more resources uh, can see how they can blow that up, right? Because Bitcoin is a really volatile asset. So in order to peg a $1 token to like Bitcoin, you have to mess with the rate of issuance yeah. of those tokens to account for the volatility and the Bitcoin price. So it gets really complicated and, uh, you know, big big entities in traditional finance i'm sure uh, i don't know i don't know but it's, uh, uh, i mean they could see it's all public right they know the liquidation level of uh the other side and so they were probably you know someone with a lot of money um of course probably enabled that um whoever that may be that's what that's how it all uh so yeah alber algorithmic stable coins are uh you know so maybe NB, before we get NB deeper, sketchy. what exactly was backing? What was backing Luna? They tried to back it with the. They tried to back it with Bitcoin, and I think there were other things, but the backing with Bitcoin is what caused all gotcha. of this. Gotcha. As opposed to backing with a established currency like a dollar or a euro or a pound or whatever. 
Well, you can't. You can, it's hard to. It's hard to peg a dollar to a Bitcoin when a Bitcoin is worth different dollar amounts. Right. Uh, whereas, like, it's easy to peg a dollar to a dollar uh, when you're holding one dollar in a trust and you're issuing the other dollar on the chain. And uh, basically, just to summarize, what that ends up meaning is that this whole notion of collateralized versus uncollateralized stablecoins, or, or any asset for that matter, is that a, a one-to-one dollar collateralized stablecoin, similar to uh, GUSD or a USDT that is uh, pegged to a dollar, and as we understand, pegging is a mechanism to manage one-to-one digital to, to real assets, so to speak. These other coins that are collateralized with other digital assets such as bitcoin or or god forbid other digital assets like other coin like i mean you can you can technically put out a coin and collateralize it with anything that you want and and it ends up becoming due diligence or 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 the responsibility of the the purchaser to understand what the coin is being collateralized with but in the in the ultimate sense of these coins is that it really seems that until we get a really stable cryptocurrency either you're collateralized with a fiat like a stable coin or you're really not being collateral it's not safe to collateralize with bitcoin it's not safe to collateralize with ethereum just because of how volatile these cryptocurrencies can be and how liquid these stores of currency such as stable coins such as uh luna try to be need to be and they can't be liquid enough because of the volatility of the cryptocurrency so maybe projects like Luna we won't see for a long time, and it was just a little bit ahead of its time, not necessarily a, a big scheme from the beginning. Or uh, What's your final take on that before we move on? You could probably create some kind of algorithmic stable coins that have a basket of goods that are traded on a traditional finance, TradFi exchange, or one day they might be tokenized. Like, I'm sure there are ways to do it, but I don't think the technology's there yet. Like, like if you could, I mean, traditional finance does this, right? We're, right. With all of this, we're, we're I wouldn't say the stable coin part, um, but with building like complex baskets that are constantly readjusting whatever they're holding inside that basket, like that happens in traditional finance um, and one day, uh, you'll be able to build something like that on chain and have access to traditional financial assets that are traded on like the stock exchange or on commodities exchanges. But because we don't have that uh, kind of like um, non-centralized point of integration uh, between traditional finance and non-traditional, you probably can't create a basket of like highly liquid, um, like traded goods to right. uh, like back uh the peg of like a, a dollar stable coin uh, but maybe one day like that will probably be the uh, the you know maybe it'll be a standard the path uh, to go towards the standard to expire to of course and, and by basket you mean like portfolio of coins portfolio of stable tokens uh the interaction yeah. between the token you hold and its pegging perfect 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 so i mean as far as i'm concerned that really covers what is a stable coin and how stable coins differentiate from cryptocurrencies is there anything else you'd like to add for people trying to understand what really is a stable coin how it differentiates from a cryptocurrency such as bitcoin ethereum or you can maybe even push it so far as solana or dogecoin 
what um for what what would be some final words you could tell us about stable coins in and of themselves? Um. So stable coins are trying to back to borrow the credibility of an existing fiat, um, and to do that you have to bridge traditional finance and digital finance. Um, and the only way you can bridge that now is through a centralized entity that's a company like right. USDC that ma or a foundation like USDC that manages things. So if you're using a stable coin, you have to trust that entity, right? Yeah. Just because it's on chain doesn't mean it's trustless um, in the case right. of stable coins. Cool. Thanks again, Michael. That's going to conclude our first episode of Blockchain and Brews, where we have reviewed stable coins and their core concepts. Be sure to catch the next episode where we will be going over zero knowledge proof and how that technology will help us keep our privacy on public ledgers such as blockchains.